Hello, I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly, and welcome to Publishers Weekly Insider, PW's podcast, taking you inside some of the biggest stories and books in the world of publishing. The subject of today's discussion will be phishing, and that's phishing with a PH and a relatively recent scam affecting book publishing. We will talk with PW's book selling and international editor Edna Watka, but first we will talk with a person who's uh, spoken with Ed about these happenings, and that's Ziv Lewis, who is the foreign rights and acquisitions manager at Kinneret Zamora Publishing House in Israel. Hello, Ziv. So glad you could join us. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So first, I just want to get a little background. Tell us about your house, what kinds of books you publish. Well, Kinneret Zamora is the largest trade publishing house in Israel. We publish over 300 book, new books every year. About 60% of those are translation. And I'd say we pretty much do a little bit of everything, literary fiction, commercial fiction, romance and thrillers. Uh, new non-fiction and a very successful young children department, um, YA, and also new adults. Wonderful. So this this is kind of a big deal that the publishing house the size of yours was affected by this scam. It's a kind of hacking. Tell us what happened when it happened. Uh, this happened to me uh, about a year ago, and it stopped about nine months ago. So initially, I started getting uh, queries from people who'd received mail, email from me uh, that didn't actually look quite like my style. People who know me for many years, I have a very, I don't know, I guess we all have an individual email style, and this something looked fishy with a P. And apart from anything, some of the local sub-agents in Israel were getting requests for material from from me uh, in Hebrew, and I don't write in Hebrew, so that was a big giveaway. So I was getting, uh, people were asking for specific authors, uh, some Israeli and some non-Israeli authors, uh, and sometimes books that weren't anywhere near ready. Uh, I think this was also mentioned in Ed's article that uh, books that we hadn't even you know, really known about that were really sort of just in the very formative stages, well before a final PDF. Uh, now the letters were very insistent there when, when, these, when the people approached who were uh, agents and scouts abroad and also local sub-agents. Uh, they didn't get an answer immediately. They would uh, be followed up very quickly. And the language sort of got a little bit terser. Uh, second and third time, and it was clearly not me. When was it that you realized that something was, uh, and I'm going to do it again, fishy? Uh, yeah, it was just, uh, I'd read up when people started forwarding mails, is this, is this really you? It doesn't sound like you. And of course, then, uh, then we started looking at it a little closer. Uh, we tried to unravel the, the scam. My IT team were actually really, really good at sort of trying to piece it together. And during this time, did you end up sending manuscripts to these uh, inquiries? That wasn't me that was sending. It was supposed to, supposedly me asking for them. Right. So, yes, some manuscripts were sent out to the bogus Ziv, uh, Ziv Imposter. Uh, he did get some, or he or she did get some uh, manuscripts before some people started catching on. At the same time I was being scammed, uh, there were a number of edit European editors who were going through the same thing in Holland, Italy, France, and Germany. 
as far as I knew at the time, there was no. It was new in the English language publishing world. No one had heard about this. So tell us about how you were able to, uh, or at least your IT department were able to. Well, we try to figure out how it worked. And it, yeah. and it was very. It was actually very clever. Quite simple, but very clever. Um, our domain, uh, generic domain, uh, is has the uh, suffix co dot il uh, at the end of it, and uh, the imposter bought a generic Zamora domain with the suffix .com. So he'd hacked my email. So when someone got a request from me, uh, it was my real email address uh, with my real email signature, signature block uh, with a logo and everything. Uh, but when, as soon as you hit reply to that email, it goes to the .com domain and not back to me. So you can only see it in your sense items. As you're actually hitting reply, you you know, as you hit reply, you don't actually look at the the address that you're sending to. So it was the the, the email looked as if it came exactly from me, uh, but as soon as you hit reply, it went somewhere else. All right, that's amazing. That does sound sophisticated, and I can see how many people would be uh, confused uh, by that. Yeah, um, other uh, you know other scammers. I don't know if it's the same scammer, but you know I've heard of the same type of with one letter changed in the address or uh, something very very uh, something you really wouldn't notice if you were really looking for it. Something a, a small something in the address that roots it to another place altogether. Have you been able to get any closer to who these yeah, people so might be? Is, yeah, so you can you can it's well it's sort of on record and a domain, generic more domain was sold uh to someone in the UK. Uh sold by whoever sells domains uh a company in the UK. Uh, we tracked it down to, and there was a, a registering address. Now, there were limits on how much they give you. They won't give you names, but they did give us uh, an address that it was registered to, which was in Dean Street, which is uh, in Soho, London. Uh, and the actual address uh, was the address of a, a male sex health clinic catering for gay men in London, because that is you know, sort of the gay center of London. Uh, and also we had an email uh, that they used uh, for communication with the domain owner. And that email included the name of uh, an Australian bookshop. And I understand that Ed has already contacted them and they have no idea. So that also may be sort of some sort of a spoof or scam, but it looked to me as if uh, someone in Australia was getting hold of these PDFs and possibly converting the file into EPUB format and then sending them as ebooks. Well, and you've uh, been vocal about getting this news out. Uh, have you been, uh, and I think you, you mentioned earlier, that you have heard of others who've been subject to these emails as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm, basically, uh, it stopped after a, couple, a few months. Uh, there's not that much we could do without taking sort of expensive legal action or reverting to some sort of cyber warfare on our, of our own, uh, which we didn't do. Uh, but I, I actually wrote to uh, the other Ziv, imposter, sort of in a, in a sort of vaguely humorous, threatening way, uh, you know, uh, threatening sort of Mossad-type cyber warfare if they don't cease and desist. Uh, and it stopped. I don't know whether my email was effective or not, but... Uh, 
it, it stopped. I think it's, you know, it didn't feel to me like a particular, it didn't hack our system, for example. Uh, if they hacked my email, like, in theory, they could have got into our database, and they didn't. Uh, it really looked to us like someone was simply looking for PDF files of books that were to be published in the future but weren't yet ready. Um, and even uh, Word files, you know, unedited manuscripts that they could have converted into EPUB format and sold them as ebooks. That's what it looked like, the simplest, the simplest explanation. We've been talking with Ziv Lewis from Israel, and he's the Foreign Rights and Acquisitions Manager of Kinnar at Zamora Publishing House. Ziv, thanks so much for talking with us. You're welcome. Anytime. Stay tuned as we continue our discussion with PW's bookselling and international editor, Edna Watka. Beyond the headlines, beyond the routine, beyond the book, I'm Chris Keneally, host of Copyright Clearance and his podcast series, Beyond the Book. And I'm Andrew Albany, senior writer at Publishers Weekly. Join us each Friday for a publishing news week in review podcast unlike any other. Learn all the breaking news and catch the best analysis on developments in the book trade, copyright law, and much more. You already know business as usual. Now go Beyond the Book. Listen to the free series and subscribe at beyondthebook.com. Welcome back to PW Insider. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And we're talking with Edna Watka, our very own bookseller and international editor. Hello, Ed. So glad you could join us. Thanks, Mark. Happy to be here. So I, I just spoke with Ziv Lewis at Kinneret Zamora Publishing House in Israel about his experience being hacked. And you wrote about this for PW this week, uh, which is online right now. Tell us what you found. Well, it's a widespread problem, and it's been growing in urgency, uh, particularly in the weeks leading up to the Frankfurt Book Fair this year. There was a dramatic increase in reports of people being fished. Uh, and this really hit uh, agents, scouts, and publishers. Initially, we had thought it was isolated uh, largely to Europe, uh, continental Europe and Asia, uh, but it seems to have spread to the UK and is now affecting Americans as well. So how did this first come to your attention? I mean, it, it's, it seems from talking with Ziv that it's pretty sophisticated, or maybe it's just that I haven't been scammed yet, so I don't know. But it, it sounded <laughs> like what's been happening is that they've been using a publisher's address, uh, sending it to scouts and agents, use, using a slightly modified version of that address, and asking for and then demanding for manuscripts and books. That's exactly it. It's sophisticated to the point of, of malfeasance. I mean, you have essentially a situation where people have spoofed entire, um, entire email signatures. So it looks like it's coming from somebody who is a trusted source or, or a trusted business colleague. And maybe they have an L in their name and they might change the email address. So it's a, a lowercase I. So on you know, a quick glance, very deceptive, uh, particularly if you're dealing with somebody who is maybe an assistant uh, or somebody who isn't um, going to be as vigilant or maybe new in the office. So that's a big issue. It's, it's come up, you know, there's been rumors of it. It's the type of thing that people will occasionally talk about, uh, but it really became a urgent issue in the past year. One of the scouts we wrote about, Erin Edmison, she's really been battling this for the better part of a year. Uh, as is one of the other scouts that we reported on in the piece as well. 
And, you know, this, this is causing them a lot of consternation. Um, Aaron was, was uh, upset to the point of saying, you know, that this, this has threatened some of her business, you know, some of her, um, some of her relationships have, have taken a, a sort of wrong turn because they didn't realize that uh, it was a spoof that they were getting emails from. So she's really been fighting it, uh, but she's not the only one there. There are many, many more. Well, what's weird about this is that it's obviously someone uh, on the inside. I mean, obviously someone who knows to not just go to the agents, but to the scouts, which we and maybe only we in the book publishing world, maybe in the film world, know they're the ones who hold, uh, you know, who who would have manuscripts before they're published. And these people who are fishing for for these books know ahead of time, which authors may be coming out with books. It's really strange. I mean, as you know, scouts themselves tend to be extremely secretive. I mean, even people in the book business don't often know what they do. And, um, and the fact that several people have reported that whoever is doing this, and it may be more than one person, it may be more than one group of people, uh, really seem to do have, you know, they seem to have insider knowledge to the point of even requesting manuscripts that the agents or the publishers themselves didn't yet know existed. That's what I found was really fascinating. One of the Chinese agents, Gray Tan from Greyhawk, based in Taiwan, you know, he reported that, uh, that there was a request for a manuscript from one of his authors, not a very popular one even, uh, and he wasn't even aware that that manuscript was, uh, was finished and ready to go out. So somebody, somebody somewhere has got a real inside line on things and is, and is looking to take a big advantage of it. Yeah, that is something. Uh, and has it mostly been affected uh, with agents and scouts and publishers in, in Europe? Or has uh, how pervasive has it been in the U.S.? You know, it's been largely focused in Europe, um, but it is starting to trickle over to the U.S., particularly with the scouts. Uh, publishers that I spoke to and agents I spoke to have reported less instances of it. And um, but everybody knows people who have been affected because the community is that tight. Um, quite a few agents I spoke to in, um, for example, an agent in Turkey uh, at the column agency, a lot of people. And, and then another agency, Two C's, which is out in California, you know, they, they reported that they had encountered this in the past and they've employed very high level uh, Internet and email security measures and pay quite a bit of money to make sure that they don't ever make this kind of mistake. So it's uh, just something that's got everybody worried. So it, when I was talking with, with uh, Ziv, he had mentioned that they were able to track uh, something first to London to an, an address and then ultimately someplace in Australia where, where we were talking about how Australia is, has one of the largest ebook markets. Right. Ziv has a theory that it is an Australian um, who's looking to, you know, get manuscripts early, convert them into ebooks, and then sell them online. And he did, um, you know, present me with some documents that he had used to track down the registration for the person who had spoofed his own website and his own publishing company or his own um, company's signature to Dean Street in London, which is a very famous street. It's where the Groucho Club, a very famous kind of private men's club, which uh, has a lot of publishing professionals on it, tracked it back to that street. Specifically, uh, apparently the business in that location was a gay men's health clinic. Really, really you know, leads to nothing. 
But that same documentation also referred to a web, uh, web address, or rather an email address, though it was a Gmail address, so pretty much anybody can make that, uh, to a bookstore called The Sun Bookshop, which has uh, two locations in Melbourne, an adult and a kid's location. And I called them up, did the reporting, did the due diligence. They had never heard of this. Uh, you know, they emphatically denied any involvement. Um, and they barely have a web presence. You know, they have a small web store that sells exclusively to schools. So they found the whole idea, you know, that somebody would be using them uh, to sell ebooks online in their name uh, was pretty absurd. So right now we've got a dead end as far as, as finding out really who's doing this. And we haven't seen any sites yet that are actually selling them. No, no, we haven't. Um, I haven't heard from anybody who's been able to track down uh, manuscripts that have gone online uh, and for sale. I have heard, though, that um, at least one of the big five publishers did lose a couple manuscripts uh, that were posted online. But whether it was through this particular instance of phishing or it was somebody internally uh, remains to be seen. But I, I wouldn't go on the record saying one way or another until I you know, hear it a couple times from different people. Sure. Uh, any any words of advice for publishers or agents or scouts? I think we just all have to be a lot more vigilant as to who we send our manuscripts to, um, particularly because, you know, electronically, these things can disseminate. It's what everybody was worried with the advent of ebooks. Um, a good Internet security, um, you know, a good Internet screening uh, service will work. And and like always, a lot of people are resorting to actually making a call or sending a second email just to confirm uh, that they are indeed dealing with the party that they um, that they expect to be dealing with. So you know, just like just like some websites ask you to, to log in twice, maybe it's just a matter of asking somebody uh, you know twice if they're the actual person that you're trying to work with. We didn't think it would come to this, did right. we? <laughs> right. The last in the uh, book business. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Ed, thank you so much for talking with us. Thanks for calling, Mark. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. Please be sure to subscribe to PW Insider on iTunes, and we'll see you next week.